hey, and welcome back to the Apprentice Billionaire podcast, video show, everything. Hey, we highlight the apprentice billionaires out there in the world, the people that are trainee billionaires on their way to get the huge results. And today I got a great young man, Colby Goodman. Colby, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing, I'm good today, Brad. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know, I love teaching that young people can create amazing success out there in the world, and you're crushing it right now. Um, 31 years of age. When did you start in business, though? You didn't start, you started a while back now. Yeah, so I started uh, the, the infamous side hustle while I was still in, in uh, corporate America about five years ago. I'm kind of working on the side to build up my own uh, career coaching business. Now, I want to talk about the whole side hustle thing because I think a lot of people don't do it and they really should. There should be some sort of a side hustle and that sort of stuff. For me, I remember as a kid, I, I got into network marketing and even though I failed at it dismally, uh, <laughs> I learned a bunch on sales, marketing, team building. What were some of the first things you had to learn to get your side hustle up and going? I mean, for me, it's it was the comfortability with rejection, right? Because obviously you need to sell in your business in order to make money. And uh, I think having a side hustle gives you the opportunity and the time to fail because you have your traditional nine to five Monday through Friday where you can pay the bills and, and save up. Um, you know, for me, it was a lot of not only the failure part of it, but also you know, systematizing. I yeah. know you and Action Coach are really big on developing scalable systems. Yeah, yeah. And when you don't have 40 hours a week to develop a business, you have to fit all of that into maybe an hour on your lunch break or a couple hours after work or, you know, early on a Saturday morning. Dang, buddy. So for, uh, you're reminding me of some things I really had forgotten about when I first started in business. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I remember that working like five because I always used to say five till nine, not nine to five. Like it's the yeah. five a.m. till nine a.m. was where I made the most money, not from nine to five during the day. So take me through then. You did you make a conscious decision to d develop a side hustle? Did you go out and look at a bunch of different things and pick it? What was what was sort of your thinking around building it? Yeah, so you know, I had I had worked in corporate IT for about a decade. Um, started off right when I was 18 years old and worked my way up, you know, into management. And I kind of come to the realization that I was you know, working with people that I wasn't super fond of on projects I didn't really have my heart in, making people I never met a bunch of money. And I said, <laughs> all right, this is, this, is, this is not the kind of value I want to add into the world. And so kind of looking back at my own passions and my own expertise, I said, okay, what is this thing that I can, I can put into the world that will not only give people value, but will also, you know, give me a living and give well, me, you, know, you Where path. you actually make full value for the time, energy, and effort that you're putting in too. I mean, it's, exactly. it's great to, and, and I know that in the beginning of every career, we got to make other people a lot of money. It's just what we mm -hmm. got to do in the beginning sure. because we got to learn. You know, and, and the first few jobs you have are training for your own business if you do it yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I call it a, um, I call it a for-profit MBA. So that, you know, that's kind of how I treated my twenties was let's get in there. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's understand the systems and, you know, the know-how and the expertise. Let's figure out also the politics of it all. Cause I think oh, yeah. the big thing that I learned in, you know, in my twenties was, you know, emotional intelligence and people, you know, people management, and people interaction. Yeah. And I don't think you can be a pretty, I don't think you can be a successful entrepreneur if you, if you aren't good with people. You know, I think in my twenties, I was, I was lucky. I got into business myself in my early twenties, but 
I still remember in my first few jobs, I think I learned more from the managers who are complete morons than I did from the good ones. Like, I think I had a lot more idiot managers than I did good ones in the early days. I mean, what, and this is traditional corporate America, right? Like, you're good at your job. And so, for whatever reason, the leadership on ice says, okay, now you can teach and lead other people to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. And in a, in a technical field like myself, and I'm sure we've all had that. You know, that very well-meaning, but that very awkward IT guy in our office, that was a majority of the people that I worked with. Great people, <laughs> but not not the best people people. And no. so I, I leveraged my ability to, 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 you know, for lack of a better term there, Brad, just to be a likable and tolerable human, which I think is not as uh, as frequent as we were all hoping when we first started off our careers. You know, the I think interesting, that's what really helped me get going. The interesting thing, buddy, and this is I say this to a lot of young entrepreneurs, is that if you can get good with people, then you'll be a success in life because mm-hmm. customers are people, staff are people, suppliers are yep. people. Everyone you deal with is, is if you got good with people. So you kicked off the side hustle. You started building your, your business whilst doing that. And I think that that was a really important part. But interestingly enough, you didn't fall for the whole, I'm going to dive into one of these late night infomercial, doing crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, you see it everywhere, right? The whole get yep. rich quick. What what was it that kept you away from that to go to a more traditional style, real business? Well, when you're working from five to nine and then weekends and, you know, all hours of the day, you really have to have your heart in it. And, mm-hmm. and that heart has to encompass more than the pure dollar. Yeah. And I think when the going gets tough and when you get, you know, when you have a setback or when you just come home from work and you don't want to do anything except, you know, eat dinner and veg in front of the TV, you need something more to pull you in the right direction. And mm. for me, it was knowing that people are out there in the exact same spot that I was in a dead end job working for, you know, awful people getting paid less than what they're worth and they just felt stuck. Yeah. And it was, it was that motivation and it was that drive and that, you know, kind of accountability to others, strangers than ever before, future clients and, and customers that said, okay, I need to keep going. I need to keep doing this so that I can, you know, not only add value to the world, but then turn that side hustle into <laughs> the main hustle. Yeah. So you created the job hunter as a career coach. What, mm-hmm. t- when did you decide the side hustle now needs to become the full-time thing? What tipped yeah. the balance? Yeah. So, um, I had some very, um, smart, intelligent and loving people around me that supported me in this journey. Not my girlfriend, uh, now wife, uh, my, my best friend and my best man who helped me kind of figure out the systems of it and mainly the, the financial systems. Cause I I'll be the first one to tell you, but I'm, I'm pretty risk averse. And so doing something like this was a little bit out of my character. So I needed to make sure that I had a safety net in place to make sure in case the worst case. Scenario. So I, I want to so mess worked... with your head just for a second, Colby. Sure. Cause what's more risky one customer, your boss or 20 oh, customers sure. out there in the market. <laughs> Cause this is what people seem to think a job is less risky yeah. than, than yeah. owning your own business job. You can lose a hundred percent of your income tomorrow. You know, in business, sure. you know, if you got 20 customers, you might lose one tomorrow, but you ain't going to lose all 20 in a day. Sure. Absolutely. So I think that's an important lesson too. But, you know, I, I want to just tuck back to something. 
What made you decide, though, because I think a lot of young people fall for the get-rich-quick stuff. I really mm-hmm. do. And I want your perspective on this because you went through deciding what to do. I think for me, when I when I you know put in that two weeks notice at my last IT job, it was okay. I, I kind of came to the point where I could either do two jobs kind of half-ass mm-hmm. or I could do one job really well. Right. Um, and I chose to do the one that was I was passionate about, that I saw a future and that I could see doing for the rest of my life. Um, and again, that gave me that autonomy, that freedom and that, ex, you know, and I know as cliche as it sounds like got me up in the morning wanting to run into work. But it is, you know what, it, there's a reason stuff becomes cliche. It's because it's real. You know, sure. it actually <laughs> works. It's like people say, oh, that's a cliche saying. Well, why do you think it's been around for 100 years? Sure. Probably because sure. there's something to that point. <laughs> you know, if you if you go into business for yourself and you're doing something just to make the money, I got to tell you, you're not going to do super well out of it because you won't enjoy it. You won't have fun with it. You're not going to mm-hmm. build a great team because of those same reasons. And that's what I, I think that you're phenomenally correct in that you picked something that you had a passion for that you could create and you found a way to monetize it. And that's yeah. where a lot of young people struggle is finding a way to monetize it. So that's where you turned to your buddy and your wife and said, okay, help me monetize this. And of course, coach Carrie, cause she's a rock yes. star and she helped you with learning how to monetize the whole thing. What do you think was the biggest thing you had to learn? Was it like sales or marketing or, or the operations? What was the biggest thing for you to really learn on? Yeah. Um, how to get over my imposter syndrome. What the heck is so, that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's something um, that I suffered for for a long time, but wasn't really able to label it until a couple of years ago, was when you do something and you feel like you have no idea what you're doing and it's only a matter of time until everybody else around you is going to find out and call you on your <laughs> I think I still have that. I think I've still got I, that, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How many how many millions or hundreds of millions do you have to make before you get rid of that? I don't know. Sure. But he, like, and this is the thing, and I want to congratulate you on confronting that because I got to tell every business owner, owner out there that there is self-doubt no matter how big, how mm-hmm. good, how whatever. You get self-doubt no matter what level of success you have. So forget the self-doubt and just go. Um, so tell it's, me, how did you get through that imposter syndrome? Was there something in particular? Yeah. I mean, it was continued to, as long as I knew that I was, again, adding that value, empowering these people to, to take control of their careers, whether it was simply just on a sales call, even if they didn't book, or whether it was coaching them and, and seeing them go out there and get interviews and get new jobs, it was that reinforcement that I was doing the work that, honestly, I think I was put here to do, right? Even though I didn't feel like I knew every, I didn't have every answer or felt like an expert you know, in that very moment. The fact that I was trying and then I was putting myself out there, that helped me kind of push through that. And, and like you said, I still have it every once in a while. It's the voice isn't as loud as it used to be, um, but it's, it's about how do you harness that little that voice of self-doubt or that voice of fear to channel it into something positive. That's yeah. Yeah, very true. Actually, I was reading David Goggin's book, uh, You Can't Hurt Me, in the last couple of days, and he's very good on turning that self-doubt into the Hmm. thing. You know, there's a guy that went through SEAL training three times through Hell Week, all that sort of stuff. It's it. If if anyone thinks that it's not real, because that's what courage. You can't be courageous if you don't have fear. You're gonna have some fear with sure. this stuff. 
I think my advantage, and maybe one of yours, I don't know if you're the same as me, my advantage was I started in business before I was old enough to realize I was too stupid to start in business. You know, I think ignorance, yeah, ignorance can be bliss when you start off, uh, you know, a business because you just, you, you kind of barreling through. I had my head down for a long time, and I think that that single focus helped bypass those kind of ancillary fears and doubts. Yeah. And when I finally came up for air, it, it didn't really matter anymore. Yeah, I think that you know, and the other good thing about you, you haven't touched on it much here, which because you're you're kind of underplaying your success a little bit, which is kind of cool, <laughs> but not so cool on a podcast about being an apprentice billionaire. <laughs> but the the point of it is, you knew you had to learn, and I knew from like a very young age, and this is one of the advantages I think I had as a young person, and maybe the same for you, is that I was young enough that I knew I absolutely had no clue, so I better start reading. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I've always been the kind of person who isn't afraid to say, I don't know, but I'm not content with, with leaving that fact as such. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of young people feel like they need to come out and they need to know everything or they, they're assumed that they have to know everything. And the vulnerability of saying, I don't know, is really hard to, to tackle. Um, I think getting over that pride and getting over that, you know, fear of asking the stupid question. Um, I think the quicker you can get over that and get through it and, and honestly use, use that self-honesty as a strength saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'm going to use my resources to figure it out and become a better person or a smarter person on the back end. That's, it's going to be really key. Yeah. I don't know, but I can Google it. I can watch 10 yeah. podcasts on it well, in the next four minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's I like, I can tell you one thing, Brad, coming up in IT, you know, starting off in the help desk where I was, you know, resetting passwords and, and setting up emails. Um, most of the time, if you get, if you call your IT guy and you get put on hold, he's probably Googling the problem too. <laughs> so that was kind of ingrained in me from a very early age in my career. So as a career coach, buddy, I imagine a lot of this, and, and if you look at it, you were dealing with people like much older than you in many cases. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how no, did you absolutely. get through that? Because I know for me, when I was a young man, I kind of had that self-doubt. Am I, am I, you know, all these old people looking at me, do I actually know enough to do that? How did you build yourself into the expert that really serves the people who are double your age type thing? So, you know, the world is always evolving, right? And, and my leverage was I have, you know, I've kind of been born into this. I, I grew up with computers. I understand technology. I understand the back end of how all this works. Um, so that was, that was number one, you know, it was always the person helping my parents, you know, set up their new phone or sending my grandmother pictures on our AOL, like that kind of thing. So that <laughs> hey, was don't, part don't of knock it. AOL. I still have an AOL account. <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> so I think, first of all, it's the, you have to have empathy, right? Cause these people are coming to you, whether you're selling coaching services like you and I are, or, uh, you know, a hard good, they want value from you. And so that empathy and that sympathy is one thing. And then other, the other side of it is, it's understanding they're looking for perspective and for help, right? So they're, you know, we're only stuck between our ears. And so we sometimes need that, that outward perspective, that different angles, the, the shifting of the lens to see things that we don't. And mm. for me, you know, whether you're, you know, 18 or 81, if you have those things in tune with you, if you have that perspective, if you have that empathy, and if you have the other person's best interest truly in mind, then it doesn't matter how old you are. And people can really feed off of that. Now, yeah, yeah. older, older people, you know, more, more experienced, older people's BS meters 
are more finely tuned than you know younger <laughs> younger consumers, and so you have to be really genuine and authentic in yeah. in how you run your business and interact with the customers, or else that's what's going to get you in trouble. That's what's going to you know make you close up shop faster than you need to. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I remember back to being a young guy, and I remember going to like a Tony Robbins seminar. I think I was twenty or twenty one. Sitting in the front row, and Tony said something like, Youth is power. And it was like that became my mantra from there. I'm more <laughs> powerful because I'm young. I got more flexibility because I'm young. I got more ability to d- duck and weave and dodge. And, you know, I don't have to worry about the fact that I got a mortgage and all of this stuff. I can do and change and adapt. And I think that was kind of a very big part the flexibility. Because you, you've had to be flexible in your business. You've had to change your approach, change your product, change mm-hmm. your pricing structures, all that stuff multiple times, right? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, that's, that's, I think that kind of goes back to the learning, right? It goes back to just kind of going with the flow. I, I think the flexibility and the, and the willingness to say, you know what, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out a new way. And then kind of looking at it as this game. Yeah. I think for me, that's, that's been very integral in my success is, okay, let's, you know, kind of, I kind of call it double Dutch feet. Right. Like just like when you jump rope, you don't know when to jump in and when to jump out. Like, let's just go. Let's just jump in and figure it out once we're there. A little baptism by fire. And I think <laughs> I remember that like, as a kid. I got smacked by that rope so many dang times. <laughs> um, but, and the same is true in business, buddy. I've been smacked by the rope so many times. But sure. you're right. And I, I still remember a lesson I got from General Norman Schwarzkopf where he said, you know, the lack of a decision is worse than a bad decision. You know, mm-hmm. just sitting there doing nothing. At least if you start, you can work out, hey, we drove the wrong way. Turn around, go back. Yeah. Um, well, and I think for me, that was that's you bring up a good point there. But I think that's something that I struggled with kind of in my mid-20s trying to figure out what I want to do with my life is – I always thought I needed to read one more book or go to one more seminar or watch one more video. And then I would be ready to do the thing I wanted to do. <laughs> um, those things, those things are helpful. And, but honestly, it's theory is great, but practice is everything. Yeah. It's like, you know, learning to ride a bike in a classroom. Good stuff. Keep yeah. reading the books about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to go get on the dang bike or, you know, taking lessons on how to do swimming without jumping in the pool. It doesn't quite sure. work that way. You got to dive into business. And even if, as you did, you started as a side hustle, you're going to learn stuff. My first few side hustles failed and failed badly, but I learned and I learned and I learned and I learned. Hey, one other thing that you've become real strong at is how to treat a customer and how to take care of a customer. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that lesson because I think everyone who's wanting to build their own business should really understand this. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, again, I know it sounds cliche, but I really love my customers and my clients, the people that I get to work with on a daily basis. They are people who are driven, who are, you know, successful people who have just kind of hit a little bit of a rut and just need somebody in the foxhole with them during this critical life transition to help them through. Mm. And I really see my, my clients as, as partners. We're in this together. Um, and I think that's been helpful in, in really engaging with my clients and having some of them even become my, my genuine friends um, and to see them get greater and greater success. I've invested into their success. And so once they've achieved it and seen good results, they want to pay it forward as such. And I think, I think you call them like you're a po- like your business apostles. Is yeah. that right, Brad? Yeah, like and, they, I mean, these people have become your raving fans. They bring you more business mm-hmm. now because you treated them so well. Yeah, yeah. and I've, and not only are they do they see value in the work that I do for them, 
But as I, I tell them, it's like you are treated and you should feel like a human being. I think a lot of the times it's a transactional thing. It's, and especially with the internet and, and e-commerce now, it's, it's a, it's a double click and you're done. Right. <laughs> and I think. So I had a friend of my know, wife's talking about going to get the new job the other day. And she said, you know, what should I, she was asking me, you know, what should I do? What would make me stand out to get a job? And I said, Hey, if you don't write me a cover letter with my company name in it and, yep. and my name yep. in it, you're out. And B, if you really want a job, send something physically to me. Send me a bunch of balloons mm. with your resume attached or send me the best one I ever got. I was a, I was a young man and I had this guy send me and I stole his idea to use for marketing for my business, but he sent me a right arm of a mannequin and it said, I'd give my right arm for an interview with your company. And like, <laughs> of course he got an interview. Now he didn't get the job, but he got the interview. He got his foot in the door or as I say, he got his arm in the door. No, I'm the door. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's an interesting thing. I love what you're doing, buddy. And, and here's, here's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand. Now your side hustle has become your full-time thing. It's now becoming your wife's full-time thing. She's quitting her yep. job to come work yep. with you. The two of you get to work together. So you're a girlfriend and boyfriend. Now you're married. Now you get to work together. You're creating this life together. Tell me what your average 31-year-old buddy says to you or your IT people that you graduated <laughs> college with. What do they think of you and your wife creating all of this now? Uh, you know, there's definitely some jealousy there. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough, again, to have a, a very core group of, of friends um, who, are, who are very supportive. But I think what, what they long after is is the control. Yeah. I, I think with... What I what my mantra has been in the last couple of years as as the, the business has come to the next level is what is the stress that I want to choose, right? Because no matter what you do, whether you're in a traditional nine to five or whether you're you know running a, a one or two man show like I am or a, a hundred million dollar empire like you are, there's always stress, yeah, right. And I think really the the measure of success is do you can you afford yourself the opportunity to choose what that is and, and maybe when it comes and it's always unpredictable, but, um, and I think it's, it's that kind of autonomy, that freedom, um, the ability to, to work with somebody who obviously I love to death and trust more than anybody else. Um, I think there's, there's some animosity or there's some, there's some jealousy there. Um, and I you think know, it's, that's always going to be there, buddy. There's always going to be people who don't understand how much work it took and all of that sort of stuff. The jealousy is always a part of success. And, I've dealt with it. You'll deal with it. The more successful you get, the less you're sitting amongst the flock. You know, that's the whole thing. Sure. You're like as you become the eagle, you're out there doing that. And I would say, enjoy it and 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 look for it and say thank you and and congratulate people for feeling that way about yourself. Because, you know, the biggest thing is not everyone wants to come on the journey with you. And I congratulate mm -hmm. you on taking a journey that most people aren't willing to do. I congratulate you on stepping out on your own and, and killing it out there. And, you know, knowing enough to know that you needed help and knowing enough to know that you got to keep learning and having a coach and all that stuff is just genius. But I just want to see the next four, five, ten years, Colby, I'm looking forward to seeing how you go national, international with this business. Congratulations, buddy. I appreciate it, Brad. Thanks so much. So that's the Apprentice Billionaire podcast for today. Keep sharing it with your friends. Keep getting all your friends on here. We want more and more success. That's what we're chasing down for everybody on the call. Colby Goodman's a great example. His business, The Job Hunter, fantastic side gig that turned into an amazing business. Congrats, enjoy, and keep listening. <laughs>